my mother made a Yeti joke. Let's just leave it at that. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Travis, and with me for the last time in 2020, Michael. Saints preserve us, Travis. How are you doing this fine evening? Hi. <laughs> I, I was going to try to do something else, but I was just like, I gave up, and so the only thing that came out was, I. Hi. Hi. How are you doing this fine evening, my friend? Oh, I am tired, <laughs> as always, and I am, this episode being the last one for the year, it is going to be a very loose episode, so I hope everyone is prepared for that. Yeah, it's it's kind of it feels weird to be doing our last episode of 2020 because actually I take that back because I didn't actually get to participate in the last episode of 2019 because I wasn't on the show at the time. But mm -hmm. I digress. Um, so this feels a little weird to be um, saying that this is going to be the last time we we speak to the folks in 2020. And so the next time they hear our luscious voices, it'll be 2021. Yeah. Now we do have a bonus episode. Uh, oh, yes, we do. But that's coming out before this episode. So it's still do. this is the last episode for the uh, for the year. So, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a lot. Of, it's going to be great. Uh, the bonus episode that is coming out is our talk with uh, Kaiju Curry House. Mm -hmm. uh, the boys over at Kaiju Curry House about uh, Kaiju ramen and a whole bunch of other things that we kept going off on little tangents. So that's going to be a lot of fun, uh, to share that with everybody. So yeah, this it is, it is, they are, they are fine gentlemen. Uh, I know you and I had a lot of fun. So by the time this episode comes out, that episode will have already been published to both of both our feed and theirs. And so, uh, we want to encourage each and every one of you guys out there to listen, to try to listen to it on both feeds if you can to support both shows. But most definitely try to support uh, Kaiju Court, Kaiju Curry House. There we go. Um, because, like I said, they are a group of fine gentlemen, and we had so much fun on that episode. We talked about everything from Kaiju Ramen to our to Power Rangers to all the things in between and it was a great episode i got to listen to the i got to listen to it uh, in advance the other day and it, it was such a fun conversation you and i had with them and i hope one day i hope that they're gonna let, let us come back someday yeah yeah it was a lot of fun i hope we can have them on this show too oh absolutely uh, they were they were a lot of fun to interact with i had a blast just talking to them mm -hmm. so uh yeah so you guys can check that out any listeners out there um yeah, and we also want to remind everyone that the Kickstarter for Kaiju Ramen is still going on. And since this is the last episode that we are going to be doing for the year, this is also the last episode we're going to be doing before the end of the uh, the campaign. So we want to just make sure everyone knows that it is out there. We have definitely reached our goal, so it is definitely happening. Uh, we The first issue is already uh, almost like 99% completed, mm -hmm. and uh, all of the extra money that we have gotten on our uh, above our goal 
is going into producing future issues. So we have the next year's worth of Kaiju Ramen Magazine issues planned out. And we are going to work with a lot of great uh, Kaiju fans, a lot of great artists, a lot of great creators to just make some amazing, amazing stuff in the future. So if you haven't supported yet please do that yeah if you want to check out the kaiju ramen check out the project at kaiju ramen magazine.com uh when you go to that website you will find a link to that'll take you directly to the kickstarter so we want to encourage everybody out there to go support this project if you can we know times are tough right now but we promise you we will make this worth it to you uh i think pledges start at as as low as six bucks and go all the way up from there uh Mm -hmm. but pledge what you feel comfortable um and yeah, we really, really appreciate the support. I just checked it a few minutes ago, and we are at uh, $2,110, which is which is fan, which is a lot more uh, than what I think you and I both anticipated. So we mm-hmm. are both honored and just grateful to all the people out there that decided to give us their hard-earned money because they believed in us and they believed in the project. And and fingers crossed and, and Lord willing, we will not let you guys down. We promise. Um, but Travis, before we get too deep into this, because it feels like we're already in the middle of a new segment anyway. So right. if you want to, for the last time in 2020, let's cue the beady beady. Cue the beady beady. Beady 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 beady. Beady 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 beady. Uh, Daisy's just staring at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> she says dad we go through this every week come on yeah <laughs> uh cat cat no no don't get in the way don't be a pain in the butt okay uh yeah so the only real bit of news that we can talk about and there's not really much to say other than yeah. i mean just our initial thoughts on this which is that they did announce the next super sentai series mm-hmm. um that is coming out after uh, I think Kira Kira Major Kira Major mm-hmm. uh, however it says however you uh, say it uh, ends there is going to be uh, Kikai Sentai Zinkaiger. Okay, that's a mouthful. All right. Yeah, and I might be saying it wrong. I am definitely saying it wrong. <laughs> um, Let's so, just err on the side of yes, we're saying it wrong. Yes. Now this is fascinating because especially if you are a Power Rangers fan and not a Super Sentai fan. Looking at this, this is so such a departure from what like Power Rangers fans might be used to. This mm-hmm. isn't a huge departure from what uh, they have done in the past with Super Sentai, though. Um, yeah. But this is a story about heroes who try to save the world against enemies who are trying to erase all parallel worlds. One hero, Zenkaiser, rises to stop them after their evil presence appears in his world. It's one human and four robots that make up the team. So they're not a team of five, five human, five heroes. It is one hero and four robots. And the robots are actually designed to look like Megazords from previous seasons. And you can definitely tell some of the inspiration. Like there's the 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 original Dino Mega the the original Megazord from the '90s. There featured. Mm-hmm. It looks like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, there's one there that looks like the uh, Lost Galaxy Megazord. 
Um, then of course, Turbo Megazord looks very similar. The the blue the blue robot there that looks very yeah. similar to the to the Turbo Megazord. We're talking strictly in Power Rangers. I cannot right. think of what the actual Sentai names are. Yeah. Um, now the pink one is curious because I. Maybe I'm not far enough into my power trip. Thank you, Nathan, for that name. Uh, <laughs> uh, my journey through the Power Rangers franchise to recognize where they're taking the pink robots design inspiration from. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not 100 sure on that one. Uh, maybe uh, fans of Super Sentai can let us know. Um, I'm. I'm blanking on what the inspiration for that one might be. Um, the human character, the hero, mm. is very interesting to me because this this costume design is very interesting because um, mm. it's kind of got like the rainbow color. It looks more like a common Rider suit than mm. it does a Super Sentai suit. I noticed that. That is that is interesting. And like, and I'm curious. If this if this ever gets adapted to Power Rangers, I'm curious what they do with it. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I don't know if it will. Um, we have had robot um, Ranger Sentai uh, Rangers before. Yeah, the, Blue, the Blue Centurion from Turbo was a robot, and then of right. course there was uh, God, his name escapes me. Um, Ninja, yeah, Ninja yeah, was sort of a robot, and then there's, yeah. I'm sure there's others, but those are the 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 two that pop into my mind first, right? And and within Super Sentai, they've done this before, so I mean, this right. is not completely original, but just this this if you are coming from Power Rangers and jumping into this, it is so different than mm -hmm. what you might be used to, and I think that's really interesting. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this turns out. Um, but this was just announced today, I think, as of recording this podcast. And uh, for uh, the start date on it is March 7th. Yeah, so we're not far removed from it. Um, mm -mm. No, so no. We're, it's coming up very soon. Now, obviously, if uh, here in the West, we're going to have a hard time watching this because this is going to be a Japanese-only thing unless they throw it up on... Um, uh, shoot, two B or something like that, that or Tokushatsu or, or or something of that nature. But I don't think I don't I won't hold my breath. Right? Yeah, I don't. Uh, Toei's not not known for doing simulcast stuff like yeah. Superaya has been doing. Um, but that's another bit of news that we can talk about. I mean, we had the season finale of Ultraman Z or Ultraman Z. Oh, we did, didn't we? Oh, yeah. yes. And we had a lot of fun with that uh, finale too. I think it was uh, you, me, and Nathan hopped on a uh, a Discord conversation, Discord uh, watch party, and we watched that together. And my, I was, I was really impressed of how on how that all ended. I, mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to go too deep into it because just in case, because there's, we're still within that window that people still need to watch it. Right. Um, so I don't want to get into spoilers, but it was a it was a really appropriate, really actually it was it was it was a really well done finale to this to this series to this season. Yeah, I think they did. I think it, they landed it. They definitely mm -hmm. landed it. Um, they stuck the landing, uh, so to speak. So yeah, it, it was great. Um, 
yeah, that's that's really all I want to say about it is that it was yeah. great. We might it, do a a whole Ultraman Z retrospective when we come back from our two week break. That would be great. Uh, that would also give people time to watch it and also kind of uh, you know stew on it a little bit. Well, that would make sense because if I'm looking, if I'm kind of previewing what's coming up in January for us, January, aren't we doing, we're doing Toku Heroes in January, if I'm not mistaken? Mm -hmm. Yes, we are. So that means that would be appropriate for a bonus episode, maybe. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Uh, Because I know we're going to be covering things like Ultraman, uh, Common Rider, and some other stuff that does not get talked about nearly enough. So I'm really excited about that month. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, so that's something to look forward to there. But I just wanted to you know to mention that the season finale happened and it was great. It was, it was. And if you're following along with the newest simulcast uh, miniseries that's happening on YouTube, uh, that has been really fascinating as well. And I think I'm, I think I'm with you on that one though, Travis. I, I'm gonna try to. I, I haven't been keeping up with it as closely as I have been Z. So I may wait and just watch it all together when they when they put it together in like a a feature like a feature length movie, right? Yeah, yeah, the ultimate conspir- uh, mm-hmm. conspiracy yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, I decided. I was going to wait until <clears throat> all of them came out and then just watch them all together as one big feature length uh, story because they yeah. were just the little bite sized pieces are great, but I kind of want to just watch it all together at once. Yeah, same, same. I, I think that's how I feel. But um, I think wh- we didn't have, a whole, like I said, like we said, we didn't have a whole lot of news this week. So I did want to set spend a couple of minutes and um, without giving spoilers, of course. Uh, last night, this being su- this being Sunday, so last night was Saturday. I uh, ventured out into the wild, and I actually went to the movie theater last night. So that nice. was fun. That was actually fun. Uh, I I walked into the movie theater uh, and I I think I I think it was you I texted I texted somebody maybe it may have been it may have been Nathan somebody I said I forgot how good the movie theater smells mm-hmm. which is a weird thing to say I guess but as soon as you walk into the movie theater lobby and you start smelling the popcorn and and my the movie theater that I went to is a privately owned theater it's sort of a a mom it's not corporately owned it's sort of a mom and pop thing. And, um, when you walk and they have like roasted peanuts and, um, uh, cotton candy and stuff. And there's an arcade. So you hear the sounds of the, like there was actual people in the lobby, like in the arcade section playing games. And it was like, yes, this is what I'm here for. Like the smells and the sounds. But anyway, the reason I went out to the movies last night was to actually watch monster hunter because that came out on Friday. Yes, Friday. Um, And without getting too spoilery, I will say I did have a lot of fun. And I think I I tweeted about this. I tweeted about it after I got out of the movie last night. So essentially, my take on the movie is it's a fun movie. It is not it is it is not the deepest plot. Um, They are not the the most. uh, they're, they're not the most, I'm trying to think of what the word I want to use for the characters, but they're not the, they're not the best characters. Like they're fine. Uh, they fall into a lot of the old tropes that you would expect from a monster movie. Um, but it was a lot of fun. It was just like, it was, it was big. And I, and I hate to classify it as this, but it was just big, dumb fun. And 
The monsters were well executed. Obvi- the monsters were definitely the stars of the show. Travis, unfortunately, I did not see the two monsters that we got during our survey, though. That was, that oh, was yeah. a little bit disappointing. The the Barack Obama and the uh, laryngitis. <laughs> yes, the Barack Ob- the Barack Obama and the laryngitis. I did not see either one of those, but there were some really awesome uh, uh, monsters, kaiju, giant monsters, whatever you want to call them, in that movie. And and the you know what the weirdest thing was though, I was watching and I was and I forgot that this was a thing. Um, I was sitting there watching the movie. There was about 15 or so of us in the theater. I thought I was going to get to watch it by myself, but that Mm -hmm. didn't pan out. But um, there was about 15 of us or so in that movie theater. And um, like they went through the, the, the title screens and, and all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, that looks familiar. Oh, that's Toho. And I'm probably the only person in this theater who recognizes that logo, which is Mm -hmm. pretty cool. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, this is a co-production by Toho. So that was interesting. I know it's not a big deal to a lot of people, but I thought that was interesting to see a a Toho logo on a big American screen like that. I haven't seen that since uh, Shin Godzilla because I watched watched Shin Mm -hmm. Godzilla in in theaters. Um, So overall, I enjoyed it. Uh, My initial first impressions, like I said, it's, it's, it's big, dumb fun. Um, the plot is fine. It's nothing we haven't seen before with a, with a giant monster movie. It, from what I understand, it does not follow the game at all. Uh, and, but it was still a lot of fun. Uh, it was about, it was approximately 90 minutes, something like that. So it's, it's a good way to, it's a good movie to take your family to. There's not a whole lot of gratuitous violence. There's not actually, there's not a lot of cursing or anything like that. It's just fun. Like, like you can take your kids to this movie. If your kids watch, if your kids like giant monster movies, you can take your kids to this movie and be, and be totally fine because there were kids in the theater with me and thankfully they didn't, uh, act up, but, uh, I can't like, it's a pet, like, here's a, here's a rabbit trail. I, it, it bugs me to no end when, <laughs> when you have parents who can't control their children in the movie theater. Like if you, if you can't control your kids, don't bring them to the movies. I know that sounds cruel, but I'm yeah. sure there are a lo- I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that agree with me. If you can't control your kids, don't bring them to the movies, but that's just me. Uh, but that's speaking, that's coming from somebody who doesn't have kids. So probably if I had my own children, maybe I would think differently about that, but I digress. So yeah, my final thought is on monster hunter without getting too spoilery, go watch it. It is fun. Personally for me, I give it about a seven out of 10, uh, on my first impressions. It, that may change when we finally actually sit down to review it at some point. Cause I know it's going to happen. So, but as, but as, but from what I saw my first impressions and the overall experience, it was a seven out of 10 easy for me. Nice. Nice. So would you put it on like the same level as like a, um, a rampage? Uh, no, I would rank rampage as a little bit higher. I enjoyed ramp from what I remember of rampage. I, I enjoyed rampage a little bit more, honestly. Okay. Okay. I regardless of curious. my feelings, regardless of my feelings towards the rock, I actually enjoyed rampage more. <laughs> All right. I was just curious. Cause that was like the, the when I think of a monster movie that's not like you know got 
a lot of history behind it, like like with Godzilla or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was just a big budget spectacle type thing that was just yeah. fun to watch. That's what I think of. I think that's, of Rampage. That's definitely what this was. Um, I think my main gripe with the movie, again, this is not spoilery, um, is they didn't spend a lot of time world building. And I like a movie that can do that. Uh, like the movie moves at a pretty decent pace. You get um, the movie kicks off well. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it throws you right in the middle of the action as soon as you as soon as the movie comes on, and that's really all I can say. Um, and it doesn't really let up from there. Um, oh, the actress's name escapes me. That stars Mil- uh, Mila Jovovich. Yes, Mila Jovovich. I about uh, I, I yeah. Anyway. Um, I about called her Scarlett Johansson. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. Uh, Mila Jovovich. Um, she was a, she was a very solid lead for this movie. I'm not the biggest Mila Jovovich fan. Uh, honestly, I'm not a huge fan of the resident evil movies. Uh, they're, they're fun too. I mean, they're just big, dumb fun also, but right. Um, you didn't like fifth element. Ah, fifth element was pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. I think she, I think she was good in that. And I think that's a, yeah, that's a standout in her career, but yeah, she definitely, she did, she put on a good performance in this movie. Um, it really, it was, it was solid. It was solid. And, uh, there is a, there, there actually is a cat. There is a humanoid cat that cooks in the movie. And that's all I can say about that too. So (laughs) yeah. And that was on, that was, uh, those, those monsters are featured on one of the posters. So I know that Mm -hmm. that's not super, super spoilery, but yeah, uh, it is a shame to hear that there wasn't a lot of world building, especially from what I've heard. The game is such a big and complex world. Mm -hmm. And then for them not to really spend a lot of time developing that in the movie is kind of, you know, a shame, but at the same time as someone like, you know, cause me and you are coming at it from the point of somebody who's never played the games and is just, you know, watching it for fun. If right. it's, if it's entertaining, then it's entertaining. That's, that's all. Yeah, that matters, so. I definitely fall into the general, as, as far as this film goes, I've definitely fall into the general audience category because I've not played the game and I went basically just to check it out because, you know, we are a giant monsters podcast and I wanted to watch it because I wanted to give my first impressions for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, plus I just wanted to watch it because you know, it, it just looked like a fun movie and it definitely was, it was, it's definitely worth watching. It's definitely worth spending the money on. I know that's a big, I know that's sort of a, a, a question. A lot of folks ask about you know, going to the movies because when you go to the movies, a lot of times you don't know what, you, well, you don't know what you're going to get until you actually watch the movie. So it's good to have someone out there to tell you, you know, is this movie worth spending the 20, like the $22 that it took me to spend to watch like between the, between the ticket and the popcorn and the Coke and, uh, my, uh, um, uh, Skittles. It was about $22 and I would say, yes, it was worth the money that I spent to watch this movie because I actually had a good time. That's good. I don't think anyone uh, is under the impression that we are diehard Monster Hunter fans since we called one of the monsters Barack Obama earlier. So <laughs> anyway. that's really not a knock against uh, President Obama. That's just we no, can't remember the name I just of the can't monster. Remember it's something Barry <laughs> something. So I just was like Barack Obama. Is um, it Barry 
is it baryonyx? No. No, because that's an actual dinosaur. That's right. Uh, okay. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, uh, but yeah, anyway, so let's get on to the main topic for this week. All right. Yeah. Actually, um, Travis, we, 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 we made a boo-boo. Um, yeah. We, we made a boo-boo. Typically, um, you would think that we would post the trivia question mm-hmm. to the movie before leading up to the episode, but yep. we forgot. Yep. Uh, we did ask the trivia question last week, but we didn't post it onto any of our social medias. So a lot of people did not answer uh, this week. So, yeah. But the trivia question was, the director of 1958's The Blob also directed what dinosaur movie in 1960? So, mm-hmm. And, the only, and lo- the only person who sent in an answer was my mother, who said, <laughs> dinosaurs. <laughs> Now, I don't know if she was trying to say dinosaurus, which is the right answer, or if she was uh-huh. saying dinosaurs, the the 1990s TV show, uh, uh-huh. Jim Henson TV show, which is supposed to be streaming on uh, Disney Plus sometime soon. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but uh, either way, that was the only answer we got. <laughs> your mom has your mom's been bringing the bringing the thunder with these with these comments and 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 messages. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> we won't go. We won't go into it. My, um, my mother made a Yeti joke. Let's just leave it at that. Um, well, thank you. Thank you, Travis's mom. You you made my day that day. Whenever tra- <laughs> whenever Travis shared that with me, I appreciate that. Uh, but I will say that while we were watching the movie, uh, I did post something on our Twitter and I asked the question. And I did I said um, for our final episode of 2020, we're going to we're going to discuss a childhood favorite of ours, the 1960s Dinosaurus. If you've seen this film, please tell us what you remember about it most. And thankfully. Andrew Roebuck saved our butts uh, and he responded simply with the caveman. Yep. So the caveman, the caveman. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So uh, this week we're, we're talking about dinosaurus. This movie is from 1960. I want to do a quick, do my little overview of the movie sure. real quick. Um, so it was directed by Irvin S. Yeworth Jr. The same director of the blob. And it stars Ward Ramsey, Paul Lucather, Lucather. I don't know how to say his name. Uh, Christina Hansen and Alan Roberts and also Fred Engelberg, um, which we will talk about him uh, while we're doing it. And uh, so the description of the movie is after undersea explosions near a Caribbean island, prehistoric Creatures are unleashed on the unsuspecting population. Freed from his watery tomb as well is a f- very friendly Neanderthal man who proceeds to befriend a local orphan boy. The boy, Neanderthal, and irritated dinosaur make for an interesting, dramatic climax. And that was submitted by Chris Sales on uh, IMDb. And boy, was that a really rough read. I don't know how, I don't know what was going on with that. Anyway, uh, so let's get into our opening thoughts on Dinosaurus. Uh, Michael, what are your thoughts? Uh, okay, so I this is another one of those. I know I, I feel like I've been saying this a lot lately with all these movies that we've been reviewing, but this <clears throat> this is a, a very this is a movie that holds a lot of nostalgia for me. 
as well um, because it was on the old TMC network growing up. And as a child obsessed with dinosaurs, any dinosaur content, uh, I was consuming it uh, that I could get my hands on. And all I will, you know, one thing I will say about this movie that I, I was thinking about it just now that it's probably one of the more unique plots of a dinosaur movie, especially from its time period or from mm-hmm. actually it's from the, like from like a 20 in a 20 year span. It's well, actually it's probably one of the more like, I'm just, I'm in, I'm in, I'm thinking about it in real time, uh, audio listeners. So you can probably tell, um, that it's, like I said, it's one of the more unique plots that we've gotten out of a, out of a movie like this. I like it. Um, I think nostalgia plays a lot of part in the, my liking of this movie. If I didn't have so much nostalgia for it, I probably wouldn't like it. And we can get into that a little bit later, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of fun. I'm glad actually you and I, I'm glad you and I actually sat down and watched this together because I think this is another one of those movies that you kind of have to watch with a friend to really get the most out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I I can see that. Um, I, I enjoyed watching it. I definitely, I think a big part of that was we watched it together. So I think, yeah, you're right. Watching it together made a difference. Um, this was, I'm like you, this was one that I remember watching as a kid, uh, especially because I was a big fan of dinosaurs. Uh, I remember, my family having this on VHS and it used to sit on the shelf next to the cat from outer space. Oh, which is another no. great movie. I <laughs> love that movie so much. <laughs> oh, no. I remember that one. Oh boy. Oh, it's uh, so great. But yeah, amazingly, so- amazingly enough, this movie actually has a Blu-ray release. I have the Blu-ray to this movie and it's yeah. not that expensive. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Um, yeah. So I, I think, this movie falls into the category of it is it is entertaining, mm-hmm. but it's entertaining because of its cheesiness. Right. Like it's definitely a product of its time period. Right. It definitely is very cheesy. Mm-hmm. And but I kind of enjoy the cheesiness of it because it feels so innocent and and kind of um lovely to watch. It's wholesome. Like I yeah, it's wholesome. It is wholesome. Like I and that's that's one thing that I was picking up on, like, I think I even mentioned it within like the first 15 minutes of watching this movie. Like this movie, all things considered is super wholesome for a Mm -hmm. movie like this. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, a big part of that is because of the director. Um, This was there. He uh, had a type of movie that he liked to do. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so that, you know, his kind of sensibilities came through in, in this movie. Uh, yeah. for sure but yeah this movie, it, this movie feels like it could have been like a um and correct me if i'm wrong like a co like one of those co-production disney films like um uh, uh, uh like Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea or yeah yeah or like, like that that, that darn cat life. the the yeah. computer wore tennis shoes things like that right. like it feels if it does it does feel like a maybe even like a herbie in fact that actually oh yeah Tonally, I would put this movie probably up there with like a Herbie. Herbie goes bananas probably would be the most uh, one that I would relate to. Uh, so if you if you are someone who knows 
that type of movie has never watched this that's that's kind of the tone you're going to get there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of comedy the comedy is very uh geared towards younger people very you know mm-hmm. kid friendly comedy um and uh situational comedy slapstick things like that uh and it's it's really just a fun family adventure and i don't have a lot of negatives about it i do have oh, some do I. I do have some but right. but i don't have a lot um so let's let's get into our compliment or our positivity sandwich sure. uh let's talk right. about some of some of the things we liked specifically about this movie well, okay, so um, like I said, the the wholesome nature of this movie, actually, I feel like we've been watching a lot of films that I feel like we've been watching a lot of films lately that have been that have that are either very serious or try to take themselves too serious. And this was not that. This like like I think I think your example, I think your um, example of saying this was this resembled a like a Herbie. Or uh, a fan, or um, or a Treasure Island, or a Twenty Thousand mm-hmm. Leagues. The tonal, like tonally in this movie, I, you know, it was I, I like I'm sitting here thinking about it, and I really am glad we picked this one to end the year on because actually it kind of ends on a positive note because this movie, like we've said, is super wholesome. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, um, and. Some like one of the things I like, like the the human ca- the the cast is is fine. It's very it falls into the it it falls into those same tropes of the 1960s that you would expect. Uh, the dashing the dashing leading man, the the beautiful damsel, the the corrupt uh, the corrupt businessman. I think mm-hmm. he was a businessman. Yeah. Uh, and the old Irish drunk. I mean, it all it falls uh, into the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It falls into those categories. Oh yeah. Uh the like you said the characters are kind of uh, to me the characters did feel a little generic. Um yeah, and they that's were. Be- yeah, the, I I think I think other than the kid uh Julio, I think pretty much everybody was generic. Uh the standout actor in a positive way Mm-hmm. for me was the caveman the actor who of played course. the caveman was was good he had some great comedic timing um i think he did a great job so yeah so I, i'm i like how you said that this movie doesn't take itself too seriously and i think that's what we were talking about with not only the tone but also one of the things that makes this movie even though it's cheesy mm-hmm. i can still sit and enjoy it right. because it's cheesy in a way that like they knew it was cheesy, even at the time that they were making it, they embraced it and they embraced it and they had yeah. fun with it. And it felt like they were having fun in this movie. Um, so yeah. Uh, now the dinosaurs. Yeah. I mean, I mean, okay. So this is something we talked about while we were, we were discussing this earlier while we were watching it and, Okay, so it is. It, it it's no Harryhausen, right? I think we're, we're a little bit spoiled in the regard that we've we've watched these all these great Harryhausen films that have pulled off stop motion and puppetry in better ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, given the given the knowledge that this was pulled off in what two weeks, um, yeah, it, it's really not that bad. 
Yeah, the the puppet designer or the the um, one who designed the dinosaurs, um, he was promised uh, five to six weeks to be able to create the dinosaurs. But then after two weeks, they said uh, we need to start filming now. And so yeah, the the dinosaurs are the result of only two weeks worth of work. So they do look a little rough around the edges, and of course they are very inaccurate to what we know dinosaurs these particular dinosaurs looked like. Yeah, so, so the dinosaurs, they're not the greatest thing in the world, but at the same time, with this being a more comedic tone, I kind mm. of for, forgive the the dinosaurs looking kind of uh, a little rough around the edges, uh, just because it, it kind of like, I don't know, I, I, I'm a little bit more forgiving. Maybe I'm just feeling in a better mood this time around than w maybe when we've reviewed other movies, but uh, this, I just, I don't... I'm, I, I really just, I, the, the few things that I found wrong with it, I'm more like, eh, I can forgive that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm there. I think I'm, I think I'm on, I think I'm on the same page as you that I, there is a lot that I could set here and critique with the design of these dinosaurs and just their execution, but I'm not going to because overall, this movie was enjoyable enough to where I really didn't mind it too much. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. And the action sequences, like we talk about it being funny and stuff, but the action sequences I think were pretty good too. Like, of course there's still that, you know, 1960s cheesiness to it. And it's, right. and it's definitely not on par with something like that you would get from Harryhausen or even from the blob, which was two years before this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, but the action sequences, I think, were pretty good, especially when you have uh, the cave, when when the few, the the caveman, the the boy, and um, Betty are trapped in the cave, and the Tyrannosaurus Rex is attacking the cave and scratching at it and everything. Like that's an you intense mean, sequence. You mean humping the cave? It 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 looked like it was humping the cave. <laughs> I'm sorry, we have young <laughs> listeners, and I'm sorry, but it really did look like it was humping the cave. Oh, it was so bad. It was so it, crazy. It definitely was going to town on... Oh, never mind. I caught myself. <laughs> I, I caught myself. Sorry. Okay. I'm trying, anyway. to, keep this, I'm trying to keep this PG. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. the But I still think... I do think the action sequences were really good. Um the the one one negative one one negative sure. that i will and, and it's a funny negative like i laughed we laughed through it but uh, it was the villain because where he he was like carmen san diego where in the world is he from <laughs> he was like okay so he starts he starts out the movie he's got this really thick sort of puerto rican accent which mm -hmm. slowly evolves into french which then evolves into italian like italian yeah it was weird his accent morphed so many times it was so crazy yeah the actor fred engelberg from new york city uh it just was really he was a lot of fun to mm -hmm. make fun of so oh, I he was definitely hammy like he was a very hammy villain and i love a good hammy villain oh yeah I, did, I don't have my i don't like i didn't have a problem with his character at all i think he played his part 
I think he added to the story. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I think it was, it was fine. It was good. It, it, it really, it made sense. Um, you know, he played the, he played the, he played the role of the corrupt evil businessman perfectly. I thought, mm-hmm. um, or at least perfectly in terms of this movie. Um, but yeah, it was all over the place on where we, we were trying to, we spent like 10 minutes trying to nail down where he could possibly be from. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and given the fact that they're on an Island, I just assumed that they, okay. So the, I just assumed he was either Spanish or it could possibly be French because this was filmed in what, uh, St. Croix or supposed to be in St. Croix somewhere in the Virgin islands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, think there are some French speak if I'm not mistaken I'm sure people out there can probably correct me but if I'm not mistaken in though in that region of the world there are French speaking people from you know left over from uh, times past so so yeah I mean we were just trying to figure out where where the heck he was from yeah yeah it was it was just like that that's really the that's really it. the The worst part about it was just his accent. We kept fluctuating from one extreme to the other, and it was hilarious. I, I again, I had fun watching it, and I think it, I think I oh, might yeah. my tune might have been different if we didn't watch it together and have like a communal experience of enjoying this. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, there is a little bit of nostalgia to it because like I remember watching this as a kid. Um, I can definitely see like my cousin who is sixteen years old just not enjoying this movie because it is weird and ridiculous and of its time and stuff. But, but I think people like us who are used to kind of, cause we watch a lot of Godzilla movies from the sixties. So mm-hmm. we're kind of used to that, you know, sixties cheese. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, I think it's fun. I think it's a fun movie. I think it, I think people, if you haven't watched it and you're interested in dinosaurs and you don't mind a sixties cheese fest, go mm-hmm. watch dinosaurus. Cause it's, it's, I think it's, I think it's a good experience. Um, well, I think it, so too. And I think we talked about this earlier in the year when you and I were just going back, we were just having a discussion where I think you, you have to have a, special kind of bent to you and not in a, and not in a bad way. You have to have sort of a special kind of taste to enjoy a cheesy movie like this. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, like we've said a lot of it, a lot of, a lot of it is nostalgia, of course, because mm-hmm. uh, a lot, I know a lot, I'm, I'm sure a lot of folks grew up with this movie uh, in their living rooms, either on television or on VHS or whatever. Um, but, you know, given the fact that we are sort of a part of this fandom where, you know, pseudoscience cheese is sort of the norm, um, I really enjoyed it. I mean, like, and you said your 16-year-old cousin, who's probably not used to something like this, uh, who is used to the Marvels and the uh, the DCs and the other stuff that's out there. I'm sorry, I'm probably, every I'm blanking on a lot of stuff right now, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, Star Wars, Disney, all that good stuff. Um, probably would not appreciate this movie as much as we did. And I and I think a lot of it has to do with the communal experience. Like I watched this movie a couple of months ago by myself. I still had fun, but I think I cringed more then than I did now. And I just, just had fun with it this time because, of course, we watched it together. And I think that's one of the main reasons why we're talking so positively about it. 
Yeah, there and there is some heart to the movie too. I think it's really great that you know you have your you have your what we called um, Littlefoot's mama moment uh, because the the Brontosaurus uh, yeah. gets, gets attacked and hurt and killed, and it's like oh, it's so sad. But at the same time, it's like you're just a big rubbery, weird looking thing. <laughs> just a, just, a, just a puppet, just a puppet. Like yeah. and speaking of the speaking of the puppets. What did you think? Like, what did you think overall of the of like the puppetry in this movie? I mean, like we said, it's it's no Harryhausen. It's definitely very rough. Um, in in any other context, I think it, I probably wouldn't have liked it. Uh, if the movie took itself way too seriously, I think I mm -hmm. probably wouldn't have liked it. The fact that the movie didn't take itself seriously meant mm -hmm. that the pup the puppetry being very rough and and I mean the compositing looked okay. Like it, like it did yeah. look as good as any other movie from that time period as far as compositing. But the right. puppets definitely were rough and rushed and stuff. So I I I, I just yeah. The, the comedic tones of it, the more lighthearted tone of the movie helped it because then I could forgive kind of it being a little more rough. It kind of got like, especially the scenes with the caveman, it kind of gave me some maybe some Laurel and Hardy Three Stooges vibes a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it has that like, slapstick kind of comedy mm -hmm. there, too. I mean, there's a point where the, the caveman picks up a pie and throws it in the bad guy's face. <laughs> yes. What is this? It's like, it's so 1960s. It is such a 60s level comedy, but it's kind of, I kind of like that. I mean, I grew yeah. up watching stuff like this you know, yeah this stuff was from that time period so it doesn't bother me but i yeah, can that kind of stuff was all that was on in my house like the <laughs> you know the three stooges laurel and hardy and some of the old some of the old comedy westerns and, and gun smoke and some other stuff i grew up with that stuff and so i have a special nostalgia respect whatever you want to call it for those types of movies and i think that is what contributes a lot to me being so positive about this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any other negatives that you want to talk about? I mean, uh, the only negative thing other than, than what we talked about already is, uh, of course the, the characters are a little bland. The main characters are a little bland. Um, that's not, I mean, that's just a product of the time period. To yeah. You. Yeah. I mean, that is, it was definitely milk toast. Yeah, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these, uh, um, a lot of these characters, but it's not really a, it's not really a negative. I don't have a whole lot of negatives about this movie. I mean, it's, I do have one big negative. Sure. Go ahead. I have one huge negative that I want to talk about this movie. That drunken Irishman. Saints <laughs> preservist Travis, don't you know? Oh Lord, I, I just he oh was, come on, don't be too hot, don't be too hard on him. He didn't, he he was just doing his job, man. Oh God, it was so annoying. It was so yeah. annoying. I was so glad he got eaten. <laughs> yeah. Now I will say that this is probably the most scientifically accurate dinosaur movie we've ever seen because, of course, we know that cavemen and dinosaurs lived at the same time with each other, right? Oh yeah, absolutely, right. Absolutely. Right. Neanderthals and, and dinosaurs used to 
ride each other. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah, ride I mean, each other. Like, that's not. That doesn't sound right. No, wait. <laughs> they used to have uh, brontosaurus races um, back in the day. I mean, it's just it was the original Indy 500. There you go, Nathan. You're from Indiana. Uh, it was the original Indy 500, and yeah, I mean that was this movie is super scientifically accurate. There is there is absolutely no pseudoscience in this movie whatsoever i sincerely believe that a quote-unquote million-year-old caveman could survive after being submerged underwater for that amount of time and then come out fine without yeah. any without any damage whatsoever i mean like i said um this movie is this movie is possibly ahead of its time this yeah, movie i mean if encino man has taught us anything it's a caveman <laughs> can definitely be thawed out and brought back to life oh <laughs> so, uh, and then he can skateboard and do other stuff i haven't seen that movie in so long i don't remember I what happened wa- I, I need to watch that movie too and i honestly think look i honestly think that this is this movie is where this is this is the inspir- they, they this is the inspiration for Jurassic Park this movie. You did you notice you saw the scene where the where the T-Rex was attacking the bus and it leaned yes. down and stuck its eye like at the window. Yes. I was like that's Jurassic Park. Well that okay so in, uh, in all jokes aside that is that is um that is very Jurassic Park. Yes, yeah. I do think. <laughs> yeah. I also oh. think that carnosaurs ending was taken from this movie as well because <laughs> there's like construction equipment versus the t-rex it's crazy yeah yeah and uh also we were talking about how they could have possibly ripped the uh, ripped um the idea of the flintstones from this movie as well you've got betty in a white dress red hair pearls you know caveman sort of being attached to a caveman neanderthal i mean it's there if you look for it it's yeah and this movie predates the flintstones by just a couple of months but still predates it (laughs) i mean they had time they had time that i guarantee you someone went to the theater watched this movie and had an idea as like hey i want to make a cartoon about this uh beautiful redhead uh that's married to a caveman and the rest is history yeah, because it definitely doesn't take more than two months to do uh, traditional animation back in the 60s. Oh, um, no. It's and, not like things were hand-drawn back then. No. Right. And and it's not like the Flintstones was actually inspired by the Honeymooners or anything. No, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it, like all that stuff is not – like that stuff is, is not true. The, the Flintstones was 110% inspired by this movie. By Dinosaurus. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, man. Well, listeners, I'm sorry if I sound very low energy this week because it is the end of the year. It's it's our last episode, and I am just, oh, man, it, it's... Uh, I'm dragging. I'm dragging. Uh, but no, you know, don't don't apologize. I think you're fine. You always look. The thing that but you always say, "Oh, I'm super low energy," but you always actually you sound fine. Like I think you're just too hard on yourself, man. I don't know. I just I can feel it. I feel I am low energy because it is our last episode of the year, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, okay. I need a two week break. <laughs> yeah. No, I get that, and I'm really glad that we picked. Di- I'm I'm glad that we picked the theme of dinosaurs for December because it it 
it's a good departure from what we were doing early in the year, like strictly Godzilla, Kaiju, traditional, what we would, what we would uh, say is more traditional Kaiju giant monster films. Uh, and we uh, decided to do dinosaurs in December. I'm sure we'll do dinosaurs next December, most likely. Uh, but it was, was, it was a good and needed and appreciated break from the norm. Honestly, I, I'm, I'm really glad that we did these movies. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Um, so, uh, do we want to give our final thoughts and our Godzuki scores on Dinosaurus? Sure. And uh, just to break uh, a little bit of the tradition, I'm going to let you go first this time. Okie dokie. Well, j- for anybody who's just now listening to us for the first time, what an episode to pick. Um, but we like to rate our movies out of five Godzukis instead of uh, five stars because we like to embrace the silly side of giant monster movies. And we do that by paying homage to the great Godzuki and using him as our yardstick uh, to measure these movies. So out of five Godzukis, I would well, give... Well, well, hang on. It's the last episode of the year. You have to sing it. Okay, out of five, Godzuki. <laughs> oh, I peaked my microphone. <laughs> out of that, um, I'm going to give Dinosaurus three and a half. Okay. Um, and that's not it's not meant to be a negative. I think three and a half is pretty good. Um, I think it's, it definitely is cheesy. It's of its time. So I can't give it a perfect score. I can't give it a high score. Uh, but at the same time, it is a lot of fun. It's just a lot of fun to watch. And I, I really enjoyed watching it again. A lot of it might be nostalgia. I am sorry if it is nostalgia. If, if people watch this movie and they think it's horrible and how wrong we are about saying all these positive things, I, I'm sorry. I, nostalgia played a big part in, in my score, but, but yeah, I give it a three and a half. Yeah. And I, and I think that's fair. I, I think that's totally fair. And, and I'm going to actually, um, for mine, for my Godzuki score, I'm going to go ahead and give it a three out of five. Um, because I'm trying to look at this, like, I'm not trying, I'm trying to take nostalgia out of the equation for this. Like, I know, like for several movies this year, I have let nostalgia given like an extra point or an extra half point. Um, but I'm trying to take nostalgia out of it and I'm trying to look at this movie from the perspective of a general audience, like someone who is sitting down one day and for some reason stumbles upon this movie somewhere and decides to watch it. But they they kind of like dinosaur movies. They kind of like classic movies. Uh, they like old uh, 60s, 50s, 60s and 70s adventure films. Uh, and they want something to watch with their family. I know that sounds really specific, but yeah, I'm very specific, <laughs> very, very specific. Uh, like I'm, 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 um, doing a, um, <clears throat> uh, shoot. What do they call them? Dang on it. I'm doing a user persona. That's what we call them at work. A user persona for this movie. Um, of someone who would want to watch this movie. And I think three out of five is fair. Um, it does have its issues. It, there is a level of cheesiness that I think that would be hard for someone to get over. Um, but the, the film that we got is well done. The characters are, the characters are solid. Um, the dinosaurs, the, the maquettes and the stop motion, although it's not Harryhausen level, it's still enjoyable. It's still fun. And I think that this movie is good 
for anyone, like I said, who just likes old dinosaur science fantasy adventure films and just wants to watch something a little bit different and just kind of, I don't want to say turn your brain off for 90 or for an hour and a half. Uh, but this is probably a, and just have some fun. This is probably a good movie for that. Uh, and especially if you want to get some friends together who, who enjoy this type of film and watch it together, I think that's even better because I know that you and I watched it together. And although you and I have watched it separately, I think we enjoyed it more by watching it with each other than maybe we did watching it separately. So Honestly, that's where I landed. Three out of five Godzukis for for the final film of 2020, Dinosaurus from 1960. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's going to be it for us on Dinosaurus. Um, yeah, uh, just not not a lot of dissension among us, uh, our opinions here, because we just really had just a lot of positive things to say about it. We, we were just in a positive mood. We're trying to end this horrible, horrible year on a positive note. I think and, it's because I took a nap. Yeah. Yeah. That might've helped me too. Cause I, I did take a nap too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was just like, uh, yeah. But, uh, so speaking of ending things on a positive note, let's end the last episode of 2020, uh, for Kaiju weekly with a dive into our mailbag. Ooh, the mailbag. What's in the mail today? So we had an email from a longtime listener uh, named Alex Sperling, and he's interacted with us on Twitter. In fact, he's sure. one of the ones that likes to uh, answer our trivia questions with funny answers. And so we like to read Hi, his Alex. out. So yeah, Alex, uh, really glad to hear from you. He sent in a letter saying, Hey, Travis and Michael, my name is Alex and I've been a big fan of your show since I started listening last year. I love listening to your show while I'm at work as a delivery driver. Very fun during a pandemic. I can mm -hmm. imagine. I, I, I've, I'm a delivery driver yeah, myself, so I know. <laughs> totally understand that. You guys have a really difficult job right now, especially during the holiday season. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, and make sure you stay safe, um, Alex. Make sure you stay safe out there. Um, but he says, uh, and really appreciate the work you guys do. I did have a few questions for your mailbag. And he sent over three questions for us. Um, now, what I like to do when somebody sends multiple questions is I'll break it up and we'll come back to the other questions on uh, future episodes. So I'm just going to uh, go through one of them right now. So his, okay. one of his questions that he asked was, knowing in 2021 there will be GVK, mm -hmm. Singular Point, mm -hmm. more Godzilla merch, and Ultraman mm -hmm. shows and merch, mm -hmm. how do you think Gamera should return to Western audiences? Uh, and then he says, again, super appreciate everything you guys do and absolutely love that Kaiju Ramen got funded. And now for your own convention <laughs> hey uh kaiju ramen fest <laughs> have an excellent day you guys and keep it up thank you alex for sending that email so michael uh how do you think gamera should return mm, okay so gamera is kind of okay so gamera's i feel i would say okay so early this year i would have said that gamera was on the upswing and I still think to a point he, I still think to a point he is, but I, I may be in the minority here when I say that sort of 
you know, the gamma love in the community has kind of fizzled out a little bit, you know, after everyone's gotten the, everyone's gotten the arrow sets in their hands. We've talked about it. We fawned over it for months now. And now it's just sort of like, okay. Um, so what do we do now? So for me, the way I would like to see Gamera be reintroduced to general audiences is actually through a new comic book series. Um, I think that a new comic book series, a new manga, whatever, however they want to do it, um, by either image or IMDB or not IMDB, um, IDW, IDW. Thank you. Uh, IDW boom, something, um, I think that would be a really good way to reintroduce Gamera to a general audience uh, and then kind of build from there. Or even um, you could go the, the Godzilla singular point route and do an animated, uh, do an anime for Gamera. I don't, as much as I want to see uh, like a, a company like Legendary pick up Gamera as a property and do something with it. I don't think we're quite there yet. Um, but kind of reintroducing Gamera to a general audience through, through a comic book series, through manga, like similar to what they've done through Ultraman, which I think would be fantastic. If like, like I said, if, if, a if another comic book house, another comic book company picked up, picked up Gamera and did something with it, uh, I think would be great. Honestly, mm-hmm. I, I think you could do a lot of that. You could do a lot of lore and world building and really kind of build his reputation up more and then dive into a film. Like, because, you know, Gamera is one of those properties that has a cult following, but it's not ingrained as deeply into the pop culture as, say, Godzilla or Ultraman. Right. Right. And I would want to, I would want, I would want someone to take the property and try to make Gamera more of a, a household name. I guess that's not really the, probably the, that's probably not the, that's probably not what I'm looking to say, but that's the closest I'm going to get. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Um, for me, like as a fan of Gamera and someone who is fully Mm -hmm. aware of, of Gamera, I would love to see a Shin Gamera movie. Yeah. Uh, but if Alex is asking about introducing Gamera to Western audiences and introducing, you know, Gamera to a wider audience than, than just the fans who are already there. Uh, I think going the Netflix anime route. Yeah. Is definitely the way to do it because, yeah. you know, everybody's doing streaming services. Everybody loves their streaming services now. Um, and I think having an, a, an animated Gamera series that is well done, that just knocks the, just, just knocks everyone's socks yeah. off could just go a long way in really establishing Gamera as something that people in the West mm-hmm really enjoy and are looking forward to seeing more yeah. of and take it all the way back to um um like really build like really do some serious world building with Gamera and take it all the way back to like the last hope and that and where his origin story started I think would be a really good way to do that through an anime series um and like we mm-hmm. said just going that route with Netflix 
uh, Netflix seems to be the place to do it. Honestly, I can't think of another streaming service that would be fitting to pick up uh, a Gamera series other than Netflix. Honestly, um, so yeah, going that route would make a lot of sense if you wanted something like on the screen. But again, I'm gonna say that probably starting off in a new manga or a new um, a new Western comic book series with featuring Gamera would probably be a, a, another really great option to reintroduce him and reintroduce the franchise. Yeah, I, I think the only problem I see with that is that I think that that's really um, over Thinking small. Well, it's thinking small. I think it's overestimating how many eyes will see mm, the comic true. book because comic books are nowhere near like what they used to be um, in the amount of readership and the amount of impact that they have. Right. Um, so I think something animated, something on an, on a streaming service like Netflix or something has a, has a, the potential for a bigger impact. True. Now I would love any of this i would mm -hmm. love a movie i would love a tv show i would love a comic book i would love all of it give yes. me all the camera but just as like if you're if your goal is to reach as many people as possible and reintroduce the character or introduce the character to to a, a an audience that has never experienced anything gamma before i think your best bet is to cast that wide net with something like netflix yeah and I'm sure we're not the only ones who have ever had this discussion. I'm sure. Oh yeah, no. There, there are there are probably private boardroom discussions that have already happened about this topic. Uh, it's just going to come down to rights and money and yeah, the right team to work on it. Yeah, it would not surprise me if an animated Gamera show or movie was in the works. Uh, at least in early development right now, and I think it, it may it may be a, a position. They may be in a position of let's wait and see how the Pacific Rim series does, how Singular Point does, and then we might move forward on it. But I, it would not surprise me if they are in early developments of it right now. Right. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Alex, for that. Thank you so much for listening. And like I said, stay safe out there as a delivery driver. Uh, as a delivery driver myself, been doing it for eight years. I know what it's like. So uh, yeah, you stay safe out there. And uh, we will definitely come back to your other two questions because you've got some great questions that you uh, gave us. So I would like to come back to those. Um, Absolutely. In our next year's lineup of episodes. Absolutely. And speaking of next year, Travis, do you want to take a few minutes and kind of prime the folks on what we're going to be, um, on what adventures that we're going to be embarking on next year? Yeah, well, I mean, besides the fact that Kaiju Ramen is going to be a thing officially out and in everyone's hands, can you tell that I'm just That's so terrifying? Uh, I'm just so ready. I'm so ready. I have been working on this thing so long, and I'm just like, oh, it's going to be out in everybody's hands, and they're either going to love it or hate it. <laughs> um, no, uh, so yeah, as far as the podcast is concerned, we are definitely still planning on being a weekly podcast. We're not going to stop being weekly. Uh, and uh, we're going to be doing themed months, kind of like what we're doing. But sometimes we get a little loose with our themes. Uh, uh, Just a little bit. 
Yeah, yeah. But so January, our theme, I think we already mentioned, was Toku Heroes. So we're going to be covering some of the Tokusatsu shows that are uh, basically we're going to be covering the big ones. So we're going to be talking about Common Rider. We're going to be talking about Ultraman. We're going to be talking about oh. those things, uh, Super Sentai, all of that. Um, then February is Fearsome Flyers Month. So we're going to be covering a lot of flying monsters, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm looking forward to covering some of those. And uh, yeah, and then March is Michael's big month because that is going to be Mighty Morphin Month. <laughs> yes, more phenomenal March is what I'm kind of workshopping the name as right now, uh, since I'm on my power trip. Uh, uh, yeah, my power trip. I I can't think of another way because we've said Ultra Journey for our journey through Ultraman, but right, uh, power trip just seemed appropriate. Uh, thanks, Nathan, for that name. Uh, my journey through the Power Rangers franchise. So I am looking forward to March because I have been consuming so much Power Rangers media lately. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I've been. Uh, I haven't been watching the shows like you have, but I've been reading all the comic books and catching up on all the comic books. So that's it's been a lot of fun. I've been uh, definitely doing a lot of Power Rangers stuff too. And I have. I know. I know that that March is your month. You've got a lot of things planned for us, but I definitely yes. have a bonus episode planned for that month. So, yes, uh, you do. Yes, you do. And uh, we're going to have some really great guests lined up for the coming months as well. Uh, we're going to have mm -hmm. we're going to ask, uh, of course, Chris Kaiju or Chris uh, McDonald, uh, Chris Kaiju on Twitter from the Gargantia cast to come back and join us. I think he'll actually I think we asked him to come back during more phenomenal month because he's a huge Power Rangers fan as well. So uh, and we'll have other guests this year. We're going to try to get people on. Um, we may not have as many guests as we had in 2020, but, uh, we're going to try to get people on that have never interacted with us, at least verbally on the podcast before. So that'll be super interesting because we've, uh, you and I have made, we, you and I have made a lot of really good friends along the way during this journey in 2020, during the, and during the weird year that it has been 2020. So yeah, we've mm -hmm. made a ton of friends along the way. Uh, but <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I'm let's see. March is more phenomenal month. April, if I'm not mistaken, is left of center kaiju movies month. Is that right? Yes, yes. Every April is going to be <laughs> the movies that are just a slightly left of center because of April Fools. I figure April is a good. So, oh man, do we have some fun ones planned for that month? I'm so looking forward to it. <laughs> yes, and we're gonna have a very. I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, if I I don't have the schedule in front of me, but the very first episode of left of center month is going to be a very special guest uh for a very yes. special movie uh you guys will hear more about her later on uh in the coming months and yes. i think we have our schedule planned up through may at this point so i think it's mecha may uh, mechanical may mecha may something yeah we're going to be doing robots and mecha uh, mechas um if you're not mm -hmm. familiar with it, if you're not familiar, I don't know why you wouldn't be, but Mechagodzilla, Pacific Rim, things of that nature. We're going to be covering that stuff during May. And I think that's as far as we've gotten with the schedule. Right. Yeah. Because, uh, because sometimes we have to change things around because movies that get right. released and stuff. And so, so some of these things may get switched around. We may throw in a bonus episode here and there. I know that I really would like to do a bonus episode, um, on not only, uh, Monster Hunter, but also, uh, Hal from Beyond the Fog. 
mm-hmm. uh, because I mm-hmm. got my copy, the Blu-ray copy, uh, right. shipped to me. So I am really excited to watch that movie and talk about it. So, so yeah. So, so this is a loose. It's a loose schedule. We may change things around, but that's some of the things that we have coming up next year in the next few months. So stick around. We're glad that we have the listeners that we have. If you've just joined us or if you've been with us since the beginning when it was me and Steven or uh, whatever, it doesn't matter whether you like giant monster movies or not, whether you just enjoy hearing two idiots talk about weird stuff uh, and make (laughs) make Yeti nipple jokes. Yes. And... Before we get out of here, Travis, I, I, I kind of have, I have to say this, but I'm coming up on my first full, I know we just celebrated our first anniversary for the podcast, mm-hmm. but me personally, I'm coming up on my first full year of being a part of Kaiju Weekly. My first episode was in January. I have to go back to see what the date was, but it was like the second week or so of January when we did Frankenstein Conquers the World. And I just have to say thank you so much for letting me be a part of this journey uh, it has been a lot of fun. And honestly, thank you to all the listeners and thank you to everyone who has supported this show over the last several months. It has meant so much to both of us. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a fun ride and I'm, I'm looking forward to what's going to happen in 2021. Yeah, definitely. Definitely looking forward to it. I was trying to pull up the schedule to see when you had done it but it's i'm not finding the schedule what happened to it oh no um anyway but that's that's fine uh yeah so we want to also say a big thank you to everyone for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends uh if you want to reach out to us and have your letter read to uh out on the podcast please email us kaijuweekly at gmail.com because our mailbox is getting kind of empty we have alex's uh letter in there but that's the only one we have right now so please please send us your letters send us your feedback let us know uh ask us some questions we'd love to hear from you because when our uh when our mailbox gets empty it gets angry and you wouldn't like it when it gets angry um also you can follow us on twitter at kaiju weekly on twitter and at kaiju groupie pod uh you can also find all of our social media uh links to our instagram to all of that stuff down in the description of this episode as well as to the kaiju groupie facebook group which is a great community of kaiju fans that you can get on there and interact with on facebook Yes, absolutely. And uh, there is one more thing that the listeners can do to support the show, Travis, and that is by going to Apple Podcasts and leaving us a five-star review. And of course, as we say each and every week, and we will continue to say this, criticize us, comment about us, say whatever you want in the actual comment portion of the review, but make it five stars worth, and we promise we will read that feedback on a future episode. And what that's going to do is that's going to help put this show in front of other Kaiju and Tokusatsu fans just like you. And for the last time of 2020, it's going to help Travis see the goo eventually, maybe. Hopefully. Hopefully we will get to see the goo. (laughs) And so to close out this episode, we're going to say help control the dinosaur population have your cavemen spayed or neutered (laughs) happy new year's guys (laughs) see you next year